everyone and welcome to the Racing Mental Sponsorship Podcast. You're here with me, Jess Shanahan, and you've got Toby Trice with you as well. How are you doing today, Toby? I'm super good, Jess. I've um, just been listening to the uh, the podcast intro music and it gets me super buzzed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm sure me too. It's proper fun, isn't it? I really enjoy it. And that kind of like that that sound of a race car as well just kind of gets me going and along with that bassy tune. It's um yeah, it's fun. <laughs> yeah, nice. So what, what have you been up to? Oh, I've had um I've had a mad week again um i said last episode that we was talking about how i've kind of been talking to sponsors and stuff but i've yeah i've, I've continued that i've had some amazing progress with um with three new potential sponsors uh, for 2021 and everything's going currently to plan which is great um but i did something really really cool recently um i actually built my dream race car but out of lego and uh <laughs> Yeah, it was lots of fun. I kind of haven't built a Lego model since I was a child. And um, I was in Smythe, you know, a couple of weeks ago and uh, just impromptu bought a piece of joy, really. Um, my kind of goal, as you know, Jess, is to to race at Le Mans one day um, in a Porsche RSR is the absolute dream. And uh, yeah, follow the kind of Porsche ladder. And uh, yeah, I kind of stumbled across the 911 Porsche RSR Lego Technique model and uh, I couldn't resist but to buy it <laughs> so I did um I spent the best part of I think it was like nine or ten hours wow. building it I made a really cool vlog episode if anyone's interested um head on to YouTube and just type in Toby Trice Racing you'll see you'll see the episode on there but the car is insane like the detail the fact that everything works there's actually an engine that works in there and you can see all the pistons and comrades <laughs> moving um so it cool. blew my mind yeah it blew my mind <laughs> I've, I've wanted to do one of those for ages but I just for some reason like either said oh they're expensive I'm not gonna get one or just have never got around to it but during lockdown I've been really getting into jigsaw puzzles but, and you? I feel like doing like one of the, those really technical lego models is like the same except more on brand because there's a race car at the end of it 100 and it's i mean i've got to yet find some space for this kt did make a little chuckle at me saying where are you going to put that because i didn't realize how big it would be but once i've got my trophy cabinet all finished um i'm sure that's going to take a prize place there because yeah it's it's like you say it's proper on brand and it's um it's a cool piece to have but 100 would recommend grabbing yourself a lego techniques set just like this so cool i might do it and just have it in the office because we've got like a little table that we use for um freelancers and stuff that come in because no mm. one's doing that at the moment i could just set up some lego there and then i've got like four holes in my set of shelves there as well that we could just like put some in let's put some um finished models in so i've got the space that's tempting <laughs> it is tempting but say goodbye to maybe day or two of your life because um you may not get that back because you'll spend building this so there might <laughs> there might be a podcast delay i think after that <laughs> <laughs> i don't need to do any work it's fine um <laughs> right so um today we are gonna talk about instagram and kind of how to build instagram followings and get like a really good looking feed use stories all of that kind of stuff but I want to start by kind of talking about our experiences on Instagram, because I think we both do Instagram very well, but we probably have very different experiences um, and strategies behind it. So, Toby, can you start by kind of explaining where you're at with Instagram and what your approach is to it? Yeah, um, so I've been I've been on Instagram for quite a long time, personally, um, but Toby Trot's Racing page has been on for, I think it's about 16 or 17 months, maybe a little bit longer now. And I've had a really enjoyable um, experience of Instagram and I've managed to build my page from zero to just shy of 1100 followers now, which I think is actually not a bad growth for the first kind of year. Um, I'm looking to accelerate it, but 
yeah, I've kind of applied lots of different strategies along the way, things that I've learned from you, things I've learned from other Instagrammers. But it's actually my favourite platform, Jess, because I find it, I love pictures. I kind of love imagery, so it was it's a perfect fit for me in that respect. But I love the Instagram community. I think it's quite a friendly space and everyone's quite kind of interactive and engaged on what I'm up to um, and vice versa. So I think it's really great. How about, how about your experiences? So I've, I've really started focusing on Instagram over, I guess, the lockdown period. Like I've always loved posting pictures and stuff. And, you know, I, I'm like you, I love a bit of photography and my, my personal page was always very relaxed, just posting like nice pictures whenever I had one, like if I'd been somewhere, if I, if racetrack or traveling, whatever it might be. And then when I thought, right, I'm going to have like a serious focus on the racing Wednesday and racing mentor Instagram. I, um, my, my biggest thing was posting consistently. And for the most part, I do one to four posts a day. That's kind of, uh, dropped off a little bit, uh, in the last week or so, but it won't take much to get back to that. So my real focus is on two things. So having a really, really like clear brand on there, but also being consistent. So I'm posting uh, regularly, but I want my feed to look really nice. So I usually alternate um, like a graphical post that has like a quote or a tip or something in it with um, an image of a race car. And obviously lockdown has been tough because I'm running out of images of race cars, <laughs> uh, which I think I've mentioned to, on this podcast before. Um, yeah, so you've got to think on the feet, haven't you? You've got to really, you know, you've yeah. got to dig deep and think on your feet at this time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So they're kind of my focuses. So is there anything that, that you found that has really worked for you in terms of kind of getting engagement and, and growing your following? Yeah, um, I've, I've recently been quite a fan of, of stories. I think Instagram seems to be pushing the kind of stories part of, uh, of their platform at the moment. And I've kind of got on, on board with that. I actually post less than you do, Jess, on my feed. Mm. Um, in January, I posted every day. Uh, I had a kind of story in a lead up to launching my 2020 campaign. And uh, that strategy was amazing. I had an amazing engagement. It went through the roof. In fact, I had some of my record months of, you know, 12 or 15,000 impressions. I think one was up to about 18,000 impressions, which for a small following was pretty insane. Mm. Um, but as of late, I think um, Instagram stories has been my kind of, kind of wins, really. Um, what I've been doing is I've been creating... Um, just small polls, um, things that are convenient and easy to tap or click or interact with, um, but it has then led to actual engagement through DMs. Yeah. Um, and I've kind of brought in my sponsors in on, on those strategies. So, um, you know, rather than sitting saying, oh, here's my sponsor, here's my sponsor, and there's not really much engagement there, I've actually been sort of doing like kind of problem solving. So, um, one of my sponsors, New Street Design, she's just started a, which is Katie, my fiance. Um, uh, she's just started a, a new dog brand, and I've been putting stuff out there saying who's a dog lover, who's got a pet, and that kind of stuff. And nice. people quickly tap and interact, um, and then it meant that I can then feed my audience straight into their Instagram page, um, and the engagement's amazing because a, who doesn't love a dog? I'm a massive dog fan. Absolutely. <laughs> um, but also I'm creating then engaging content for, um, for my partners. Um, and you know, like my brand design, Jess, that was obviously launched very recently. Um, I had so much engagement on that because we built it up, created this kind of suspense and then we dropped it in with this huge, like bang, here we are. 
and um yeah that 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 allowed my engagement rate to increase astronomically um but also the the sponsors that that worked for me on my brand design their social media went crazy also so um and that was predominantly through stories Jess if I'm honest so we did obviously do some Instagram feed posts but um the stories have been have been amazing like I don't know what your your experiences are with stories at the moment I would say kind of similar like I I really love doing Instagram stories I kind of use them in a similar way that that you've done with like in in the run-up to a launch so I would say I know I know obviously my business is very different to a racer but going up to I think it was the first webinar I went really really hard on Instagram stories to promote you know come and learn about relationship building and I did similar stuff to you like do you know how to build relationships with sponsors all of that kind of stuff so I could dm people that said oh I've got no clue so it worked really well as like a sales tool for me as a more like traditional business so I like it in that respect but I like stories for getting that interaction with the audience so exactly in the way that you're saying of you know getting people commenting voting on polls you can then dm them um, I think that's really valuable. But in terms of engagement, I probably see like, I guess the ba- best engagement from personal stories that I share in my captions. So one of the ones that stands out is I did just a, a text post that was um, like ab- about proving someone wrong if they doubt you and how that's like such a good feeling. I think it's really relevant to racing drivers who might have family who go, you can never be a racing driver or even other racing drivers who say that to you. I've heard a lot of that. Yeah, And it's just so nice to go, well, I'm going to prove you wrong. And it's quite a good motivator. And I was talking about how, just in short, rather than telling my whole life story here, but I was talking about how when I studied business at college, I had a business studies teacher who, she was okay. And I think she liked me. But when I went to hand in my final bit of coursework, it was, um, it was a marketing or a business plan for a music company that I was actually doing work for at the time because I started my career in, in the music industry. And she rang me up when I was getting paid 20 quid an hour at 18 to teach music to kids or teach music business to kids. She rang me up going, all of this is wrong in your business plan. You're never going to succeed. Literally shouting at me down the phone. I'm like, I'm here getting paid to do my own business. (laughs) Like, I don't get it. And I got like a, a D on that piece of coursework. But I actually then tweaked that business plan got a load of investment money for the music company and now I run successful businesses. So it, it was like a very kind of personal story about how I've done this thing of proving people wrong. And then I got lots of comments from other people like so-and-so said I'd never make it. And then I joined this team or I won my first championship after someone said this. So those personal stories, I think that resonate with other people are, are the ones that definitely get me the, the, the best engagement. Yeah, and, and the story like that as well is definitely really engaging because um, I think we've all had times in our lives where we've kind of gone, I'm going to prove that person wrong, you know, especially as racing drivers in the racing community, we're out there fighting hard for wins and championships and podiums, etc. Um, and that real life example you've shared then, Jess, will really resonate with so many people. So um, I didn't know that about you, actually. That's quite interesting. Um, yeah, that's one of my favourite stories, just because, you know, it's it's a great success story for me in that, you know, the, the business plan I wrote at 18 got investment, which I think is just like a great way to set, set me up for life. But yeah, it's, I, I, I've put, I post a lot of stories like that because I, I think it's important on social media. And I know we talked about this during like the How to Build Your Audience podcast episode. Um, 
but I think it's good to show you as like a real human being that's, you know, been through challenges, that's, you know, overcome stuff, had successes, um, but also had these life experiences that other people can resonate with. I think that's really important. And that is the reason that YouTubers who do vlogs are so popular because people were just looking for some human connection and the fact that they can now get that over social media, it has kind of like made the, the, this perfect, you know, I guess breeding ground for, for influencers who are able to talk to people like that rather than, you know, just journalists or businesses who are a bit more kind of corporate and faceless. Yeah. I think you, you can be by being sort of more genuine and open and honest on, on social media, you, you do get more engaged sort of, like audience and platform from that um and it's just really nice to actually kind of i think it's really nice just to be open on this jess and i follow more accounts that that are like that um yeah. rather than really polished kind of you know only the good stuff and um, i think it's good to show a bit of you know i think there's there's a couple of in instagrammers that are in the racing world um that have shared some content recently um one was about um you know he shared about how his engine failed and explain the story about it and stuff like that and i think you know there's some drivers that wouldn't even like mention the bad stuff if that makes sense yeah um but then you know as a race driver i've looked at that post and gone oh i can really relate to that that must really suck and then i've kind of commented and engaged and then obviously that's helped his following and stuff so mm. um i think it's i think it's really good to put kind of everything out there um rather than just the really polished stuff yeah yeah, totally agree. So um, I want to touch on creating a really cohesive brand look. And again, this goes back to one of the early podcasts, maybe the first podcast that we did about branding and how it's important to have this like this quite clear brand look. And I think you and I both do that really well, but in very different ways. Yeah. So from from my point of view, I, as I said, I do this kind of um, thing where I have an image and then I'll have this, you know, graphical text post um, because obviously my, my whole brand is about teaching people and it's easiest to do that with, with text. But then I also post nice pictures of race cars. But I think one of the biggest things that, that I did to kind of change like the, the look and feel of my feed was to make those text posts consistent. So they're always in the same temp template of, you know, this purple background white writing same font and then these two um turquoisey lines at the side um but then also using the same filters and the same kind of editing on my images as well i think that's really really important and i don't like the instagram filters like they're okay for like the odd selfie on my you know my personal instagram if i don't have time to edit but um i use a, a slightly more advanced filter app called um vsco and I know other people use stuff like Lightroom, um, there's Snapseed, there's loads of different editing apps. But the, the point is, whatever you use, try and use the same kind of um, way of editing or the same filter each time because it, then it brings this kind of consistency in terms of like the tone and color of your images. Yeah, that that's really important um, because just from my photography experience in, in the past, having a look is is on a on brand um but it gives something that when people are scrolling through their news feeds and they see your image pop up by it being on brand it's like oh okay here's here's jess's race mentor post um and straight away i stop um mm. i think i've got like this is just just from from my experience as a user um i tend to scroll really quickly it's kind of like aimless thumb exercise that you just mm. kind of just scroll through your feed but yeah. then when i see something that i recognize i stop look at it and then 
understand it and then engage potentially with that post and I think if you're creating really cohesive stuff on your Instagram feed i.e through a graphical text post like you said Jess or having a really consistent image look and, and being consistent on the imagery then your, your audience are then going to sort of know what to expect when they see the next picture so when they do sit on the news feed they're more likely then to engage in it um, yeah. I did some reading and research recently about that that sort of mentality is that we, we're on social media a lot now as a society particularly among millennials and in that kind of age group they spend a lot of time on on social platforms but they don't actually give much time for each post um, and you've got to grab you've got to grab the attention really quickly so that someone does stop and go I'm going to now engage with that and I do think that by being consistent having a cohesive brand and using those kind of features it really does help I follow many accounts and I don't think I engage with barely any of them Jess if I'm honest because I, mm. I don't have a I don't seem to have a connection with them I've followed them in the past but I've kind of lost that connection with them perhaps because they've come off brand or there's something that doesn't sort of resonate with me but yeah just having that cohesiveness is really really key yeah I totally agree and I think there's also like we, we don't really know what the algorithms are doing but I think if you can create content that people are engaging with it's gonna it means that they're gonna see more of your content because Instagram goes, oh, you like that one post, maybe you'll like their 12 previous posts, which is why you occasionally see something from someone in your feed that was posted like five days ago. And I'm commenting like, oh, hey, this looks really fun. I'm like, oh God, that was five days ago. I'm so behind. Because I think Instagram just wants to serve you all of the stuff that you've missed from, from someone um, if you haven't been on Instagram for a day, um, especially if you've engaged with their posts in the past. And I think this kind of, having that brand appeal also helps you get followers as well because i think that i mean i've certainly done this i i know that other people do it as well that you know if you see an interesting post on like the explore page or when you're looking at hashtags if you see an interesting post you might click on that person's profile just to see what they're all about you obviously look at their bio is that interesting but if their feed is just like a collection of what looks like just random rubbish images you probably won't follow them whereas if they've got something structured it's quite clean it's pretty it looks like it's consistent then I think you're more likely to follow yeah I'm definitely in that boat <laughs> I, I usually only follow people that I when I click on their profile I see this cohesiveness and I'm like yeah okay I'll give, I'll give them a follow and then you know you know what to expect because that's what you want to yeah. see right you chose to see it you you can see what they post you see they post consistently and then you go well i'm interested in more of that um whereas yeah. if it's all a bit random you just tend not to take too much interest which is a shame because they might have actually really valid captions yeah. in in those pictures but because you're short on time you, you don't necessarily process it so let's talk about captions jess because um that covers kind of like the look you know getting attention mm. um making it look on brand and keeping it being all kind of you know ideal but then you need the caption to back that up now i'm not a particularly good writer um i've said this many times in vlogs and on this podcast that i'm not a great writer i'm better in in spoken and um but you're an amazing writer jess you seem Thank to you. just be able to just put <laughs> things down um and and your copy is is great so you yeah when when i when i look at you engage your post obviously your copy's really thought-provoking and and i think that once i've sort of stopped and seen your post and I actually read the, the actual caption I'm I kind of follow it and I'm really then inclined to reply to a comment or, or follow it and uh yeah have you got any tips on for those that are listening on how to create really kind of engaging 
captions? Yeah, so I, I would start off by saying that don't worry about not being a great writer. Like the, the biggest thing that you can do is just kind of write in your own voice. So like the, the way that people kind of engage with written content isn't being like, oh, wow, you know, there's a big word that I didn't know that person's so clever or wow, that grammar's perfect. It's more about just hearing how you speak in, in your um, in your captions. So I'd say that's kind of like step one, because I think a lot of people are worried about it. Um, same with blog posts and any other kind of written media. But um, in terms of like creating something that's thought provoking, it's about doing something relatable, but also asking the right questions. So I think about what's happened in my life, because again, it's very on brand for me to talk about myself and, and show myself as like a, a human being that everyone can connect with because I know there are a lot of kind of coaches and influencers out there who don't do that as we talked about. So I think it's, I think it's important to kind of sit down and plan because there, there is kind of the, the tendency and I've, I've absolutely done this to go, that's a pretty picture. What can I, you know, barely connect to that to tell a story. Um, And it doesn't always work like that. So I, I like to think about the captions and what's thought provoking first and then find a relevant image to go with it. So um, it kind of depends on who your audience is. So think about what's important to them. What are their values? How does that match up with what you do? So for for Racing Mentor, obviously, I'm talking about business skills. I'm talking about motorsport. So, you know, I, I might post a story that's about imposter syndrome and like a time that I struggled with that, but then also give some tips on you know, how, how I overcame it and, you know, um, what other people can do to kind of manage that aspect of their lives. So definitely kind of think about how you can provide value. And even if it's just an entertaining story, you don't always have to be teaching or saying something that's really motivational. You can just tell an interesting story, but I I would say maybe one of the most important things is make it easy to read. So break up the text, use emojis, which is, which is why I use so many. I love an emoji. (laughs) But, you know, I use, here is my top tip of this podcast. I use just um, full stops to break up the text to make paragraph breaks. But that only works if you don't have a space after the line, the previous line. So I'd like write my sentence full stop. And then a lot of, like if you double tap on the space bar on on an iPhone, it does a full stop and a space. So you can write your next sentence, but we don't want to do that in this scenario. So delete that previous space new line, full stop, new line. And then you can just type again. And when, when it, um, when that's then published and you get your little caption underneath, you'll have a nice line break with the dot in the middle. So, um, if anyone wants to see what that looks like, go to instagram.com slash racing mentor. Um, and you'll see how I also use emojis and things to do like bullet points. So I often use stars or I'll use dots. I have emojis like kind of at the beginning of a caption just to say, Hey, read on all that kind of stuff. I think it works really well for capturing attention. Um, Cause I think <laughs> because of the way social media is now, we almost blank out text. We just want to see pictures because yeah. emojis are pictures. It kind of makes you go, Oh, here's another picture for me to look at. And then you do end up reading on. I might make a whole caption of emojis. Just see, just try that out. <laughs> there, well, there's so many great like games, aren't there? Of like, yeah posting like a series of emojis like what what is this um movie title and i'm rubbish at them but then i am the person that said knife runner 
rather than Blade Runner when presented with a picture of a knife and someone <laughs> running. So um, I can't, maybe I can't speak there. But yeah, I, you could absolutely do a whole caption that's just emojis. I think it'd be quite fun. I might try that on, on a future post. I might have a go as well, yeah. That sounds like fun. <laughs> challenge, there's a challenge to the audience. Create a post with just emojis onto the caption and see. Yes. <laughs> and actually and you, write it. Yeah, and absolutely like just tag us tag us in anything that you've got emojis in and, and see if we can kind of get it and I'll try and do better than Knife Runner. <laughs> that would be quite cool. Maybe, maybe actually, yeah, that would be the challenge. Maybe we should do this thing where in the picture you describe the picture with emojis. So... You, no text just purely i'm gonna try that that sounds that sounds fun i'm that's gonna try it too there's that's... that you know there's a series of instagram stories in that as well though isn't that like yeah hey which of my races am i describing with these emojis <laughs> and that's the thing with social media isn't it is um we've just come up with just a quick idea there really off the spare of the moment just that wasn't planned <laughs> <laughs> um but that's the cool thing with social media is um for those that are listening just just experiment with different strategies um, as mad as they might sound or as you know they can be the most amazing or they could be the worst ideas but unless you actually put them into practice you're never going to know um, and don't be afraid to test on the platform different things and see what works so I want to talk next um, and it's a little bit of a tip from me I know you, you use this Jess yourself is um, to post consistently in terms of daily or, or whatever your kind of your sort of period of, of time that you, you post on with is I use a, a software called Buffer um, and I know I have not posted so regularly on my feed lately, but when I'm in a, a period of, of here's my strategy for the next week or month, um, I use Buffer and I literally sit down for maybe two or three hours at the computer um, and I write all my social feed literally in that, in that time and Buffer essentially just automates it straight on social media at the times I want them to post. So one thing that I struggled with in the early days of my Instagram, before I kind of started using this platform was, is I think, oh, I know a good time to post is about six o'clock. So I'd get to like half five, quarter to six, I'd go, um, what shall I post? Um, and then not bother. Um, and then you've missed a day or you've missed an interaction or you've missed, you know, and then another time I've had an idea and it's been like two o'clock and I thought, oh, it's not a good time to post. And I've completely forgotten about the idea later on. So Buffer's really nice because you can sit down really carefully spend time putting a strategy together you can kind of almost map out what your feed's going to look like because you're going to see it all in a chronological order and um yeah once you just click go it all just uploads and it's it's super clever i think it's the free version is amazing the the professional or the paid version of it um which is on subscriptions even better because you can put hashtags in on the first comment um and it goes on at the moment you post the um the, the the post goes live so that it's really fresh in the hashtag order but yeah jess i know you've used it before and i think you actually recommended it to me um what are your experiences with that kind of software or well, there are others but buffer is something that you use yeah i i just i liked that that buffer was just about the the scheduling whereas i found that other tools like hootsuite and and similar were about your feed as well i didn't yeah. really want that so that's why i like buffer it's just i can just sit down and i can focus on um, just getting the content out there and creating something that's, you know, a nice strategy. Whereas if I'm on Hootsuite, which I used to use before, I'm again, once again, distracted by social media. So yeah, I really like Buffer and I, I actually use it for scheduling pretty much every everything socially. Um, but actually, one thing that I have done when I haven't fancied posting to Buffer or it hasn't made sense or I've forgotten about it, 
I go onto Instagram and I'll upload my picture and I'll write my caption. Then I save it as a draft. So then I can go, well, actually now at 5am when I've just got up is not the time to do this. So I'll just save it as a draft and then I can come back to it at like 10am when, you know, normal people are up and out looking at their phones and stuff. So that's another tip if you are like, oh, I'm going to post this Instagram thing. You start doing it and then you think, actually, now's not the time. Just save it as a draft. Then all you've got to do is hit go um, when you're ready. Yeah. And time's quite key with um, Instagram, isn't it? I know um, I've kind of like experimented with when's the best time to post. Um, and it does sort of change as my audience is growing. But um, like you said, the timing is is almost as important. I don't really know exactly how the algorithm works, but getting quick engagement at a time when your audience is most likely to engage with content is quite important for the early success of a post um, and to get the biggest potential reach you can get. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, some some audiences will you know want posts at different times to others so that's something to kind of bear in mind but i think again this is this is key with all social media is just to experiment and then see when your audience is most likely to engage and then kind of run with that absolutely so um let's just touch on instagram story strategy i know we've talked about how kind of we use them but i i feel like they're quite daunting for some people because there's so much going on in a story. Like, what do you do that's going to get engagement? How do you use the stickers? All that kind of stuff. So do, do you have any tips there, Toby, for like how people can get to grips with the story and start doing those a bit more regularly? Yeah. yeah. Um, something I I do now um, more than I used to do is my stories. I kind of keep everything really consistent so it makes it easy and convenient for me. So I use the same font, um, the same colours, and when I post, I keep it quite straightforward and simple. Um, as far as stickers go, I actually am a bit random with them. <laughs> I don't really have a strategy. I kind of, what I tend to look at on on the Instagram stories is that they always seem to be adding new features and new things and new elements to the stories. So for me, it feels like Instagram want you to try and experiment and just, you know, use the stories as a bit of a fun place rather than something that's too serious. Um, I don't know what your thoughts on that, Jess, are, but I feel like I just, yeah, I just experiment, literally what we've just been talking about. Um, post stuff on there, thought-provoking things, polls, questions, quizzes. Um, but what I do do as well is that I've had created for me um, three kind of like Instagram story templates, which if I'm creating a text-based story, um, I can simply use that as the background image. So it's got Toby Trice Racing as my brand. It's got like my kind of little social followings on the bottom. Um, and then I can literally just type on on that as a, you know, as a story. And it's instantly recognisable on people's, um, when they're watching my story then, because it's a on brand and it's consistent to how I normally post. So I tend to do that quite a lot. But yeah, I just have fun. And, and something that... I, I haven't done so much lately, but I know it works really well. Is just jump on the camera and just let people hear your voice and chat about something that's relevant or what you're up to. Um, people really enjoy that. Yeah, uh, maybe that's one of the things that people worry about is that to do a story, they only have to go on camera. And I would always encourage people to get comfortable being on camera because at some point um, in your career as a racing driver, you're going to get a lot of that. So um, having control over it on an Instagram story where you go, now I'll do another take is really good practice. Um, but yeah, I completely agree. Like 
have fun and experiment with stuff. So like one of the sticker buttons is you, you've got stickers for DM me um, a poll where you can ask a, a question with, you know, one or two answers, whether it's yes or no or something else. You can do quizzes. You can do like a question and answer thing. Um, so there's so many ways that Instagram stories have like built in for you to get engagement um, that you should absolutely try using them. One thing that uh, we both did ages ago was we, I, I got this idea from you, Toby, was to do that whole ask me my top three. Yeah. And I, you know, I did the same thing and I said to people, ask me my top three. And I um, created this graphic where I could just type onto an image that I uploaded. So it was all on brand and quite clear and consistent. And it was just really fun. So some people asked me my top three racing drivers. I think I got top three biscuits. But again, it just it creates this kind of fun engagement. So people see you as really approachable. And that's that's important for for building relationships with your fan base and creating a fan base, but also important for building relationships with sponsors and potential sponsors as well. So always think about kind of how you can come up with ideas to, to get people chatting to you. And I think that that's like a really, really key point of, um, of stories is just to in, encourage people to engage with you in some way. Yeah. And just make it fun. Just have some fun with it. And, um, and don't be afraid to go on camera and, and make a video. Cause I think I really enjoy watching little short interviews of people of what they've been up to and stuff. And, um, because I'm just curious of their story and there's no, in my opinion, there's no better way to, to show yourself than be in front of the camera chatting to your audience about what you've been up to. Um, I used to be really, really nervous about doing Instagram stories. I was thinking, oh, how do I, you know, how am I going to say this? Am I going to say it correctly? And I used to think about all these things, but now I just think, oh, just, just get on and do it. Um, and I've made loads of stories before where I've actually deleted them because I wasn't confident about putting them out there, but mm. I should have done, I should have just done it. Um, and anything now I just do it in one take quick post and it doesn't matter if you make a mistake or you get tongue-tied or you don't say necessarily the correct thing um, just have fun experiment and uh, you'll be really surprised what results get yeah and it's, I think it's quite natural as well to make mistakes when you're talking on camera and that's again that's what you want with I, I feel like Instagram stories are a, le a less polished version of your main feed so like your main feed might be you know that really slick professional shot with a race car but your your Instagram stories should have a bit more personality in that, you know, you're just waffling on, talking to people, asking questions and, you know, telling a story. And I think it, it's it's that distinction that makes Instagram so nice. Like you can see this shiny side, but then you also get to know someone on the story side as well. Yeah, I'd love to know what people think about that, actually. Just in, in the Racing Mentor community group on Facebook, it'd be nice to hear you guys, what your thoughts on stories. Because, yeah, on that note, yes, kind of that almost amateurish type you know just camera iphone footage is is perfectly watchable um but that's all i expect on instagram stories i don't see the point of going to town with some really like polished like footage leave that for yeah. your instagram tv yeah um, agreed yeah so guys yeah if you can let us know what you like to see on instagram stories that'll be really cool um and let's just grow this community together and experiment and let us know your results yeah definitely should we move on to talking about our driver of the week Yes. Um, yeah, we've had some amazing winners so far. And uh, this week we've got an even more amazing um, winner. And uh, if you can introduce this one, Jess, I think this would be your bag. Yeah, absolutely. So th this one's actually really relevant to Instagram as well. So I want to put forward um, a, a young carter called Aurora Joel. 
Um, she's on Instagram as Aurora underscore Joel underscore racing. Now she's a seven year old Bambino Carter, but the way that, that she, and I'm guessing her family team, um, the way that they're doing Instagram is, is amazing. Like, firstly, she's got such attitude and you can absolutely see her personality through every single picture, but you know, she's doing video content. The captions are fun. I just think this is a really, really great example of, uh, of Instagram for, for any, any age of racing driver in terms of how to show personality through an image, also consistency. But also I think it's a really good exploration of how to promote a young caster as well. I don't know who's in charge of her Instagram. I'm guessing it's a parent. But um, I, I just think, you know, whatever um, Aurora and her team are doing is just really, really working. Like you can, she's, she's got this great following of people who are behind her and cheering her on. So she gets tons and tons of likes. Like so, so many compared to like how big her following is. So if you, her following is about 1200, but her pictures are getting like, 300 likes 200 likes 100 likes so people are really kind of getting behind her and what she's doing so i just think she's a, just a great example of how to use instagram but also i love seeing girls who are karting just doing something really cool and i think that's really important for you know other children who are like oh i want to get into into motorsport and especially for young women and girls there aren't those ambassadors so to have a seven-year-old um carter with such personality i think is really important so congratulations aurora yeah super inspirational and yeah i wish her the the very best success for her career it looks like she's got a great future ahead of herself if she's nailing this kind of stuff now at this age um imagine what she's going to be capable of in the commercial world of motorsport you know when she's when she's an adult and she's you know i'm sure she'll be who knows maybe f1 jess maybe we've spotted up one of our future f1 stars right there Maybe, um, maybe. That's what Drive for the Week is all about, isn't it? It's about kind of, you know, rewarding people. But I think, you know, we're we're spotting talent and you can kind of see who's going to do well in the future. Yeah. And uh, yeah, go give her a follow. She's, she's it's so inspirational. And I think for seven-year-olds to have that much confidence at that age is is quite inspiring, I think, for sure. And uh, yeah, congratulations, Or It's amazing to have you on board of one of our RM winners. So um, just before we sign off as well, I want to remind people that, you know, when we're talking about things like Buffer or we're mentioning, you know, the Instagram accounts or the social accounts of our um, driver of the week, all of that information, the links and stuff, as well as other info can be found at blog.racingmentor.com um, because we have podcast notes. So you can find the notes for whatever uh, podcast you've enjoyed listening to, be it this one, a future one or one in the past. You can go find all of the notes that has all of those links. So if you're thinking, oh, what was that thing that they talked about for social scheduling? You can just find the podcast notes rather than trying to like scroll back on your, uh, your podcast app and try and find it. So uh, just a reminder for you guys out there. But I think that's all we have for this week. So uh, I just want to say thank you all for listening and thank you for kind of subscribing and giving us feedback. We really appreciate it. We will see you next week. Yeah, see you next week, guys. Thank you for tuning in.